I think we're recording. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the Cold Pizza Party Podcast. I'm Lubitsa. And I'm Adam. And we haven't released a podcast in a really long time. Yeah. Um, mainly because we got a puppy. And mm-hmm. if you want to throw a wrench into your life, go ahead and get a puppy. And yeah, it'll take you like six months to climb out of yeah. that hole. <laughs> Follow the beats on Instagram to see how big it is. <laughs> or Facebook, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, it's like it's six, seven months old and 75 pounds now. Yeah. 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 But also she's finally um, at a place where she doesn't require all of our attention and energy. Yeah. So I think. We can finally start to work on recording podcasts yeah. again. It was and also doing other things. It was kind of nice to tune out while all the politics were happening. Yeah, yeah. It was. We do have some recordings from around the election, right before and right after. Um, the audio quality is not that great because we were in the car, but I think we're going to release them as bonus episodes later in the week. Today, we talk about Search Party and First Gilmore Girls. The reboot, mostly. Yeah, and we also wanted to let you guys know that we're trying a different way of recording the podcast that we hope will um, help us, you know, put out podcasts more consistently because it's a, it's a much more portable microphone than our previous method. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason the sound quality isn't the greatest on those other recordings is because we were still kind of learning about it and driving while we were recording, so... Um, that, you know, we will get better. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm also excited about it because we're using a little field recorder. So we'll be picking up, you know, the ambiance of whatever space we're recording in or activity. Like on today's episode, we're, we're cooking yeah. dinner while we record. And you get like a sense of like even where we are in the room and stuff, which I mean, we think is cool. Hopefully yeah. people don't find it distracting. Yeah. Um, it should be a good enough quality that it's not abrasive yeah. at all. Yeah. Except on the election like, episodes when yeah. we were in the car. Yeah. Driving quickly. Um, so, yeah, basically we just wanted to say hi and say that we'll be... Oh, yeah. One other plan we have in general is um, we're going to separate episodes into either tv or politics yeah that way you know if you are joining us newly you can skip the politics ones basically unless you're really interested in you know what happened last year politically (laughs) yeah yeah um so we'll be marking them in the titles probably starting with the politics then colon and title or something like that yeah well either way i'm you'll you'll know based on the, the title i'm sure which is which um so yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Hello again. Hopefully we'll do better at putting podcasts out mm-hmm. and we hope you like our new style. Okay. Thank you. Bye. making dinner it's late we're quite hungry <laughs> um so you'll hear some dinner sounds like some dinner making sounds yeah um and also possibly hear us correcting the puppy because she is still young and needs lots of guidance in her life yeah <laughs> it's true 
So um, we watched uh, the Gilmore Girls reunion. Yeah, well, we wanted to talk about a couple of different TV shows, right? I think um, one of the ones I wanted to talk about was Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And it, do you want? We can start there. Okay. I don't know what else did you want to talk about. I don't know. If, we should talk about Quantico at some point, but I don't know if I have fully formed thoughts about it. Okay. I don't know about you. Uh, Search party we could talk about maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, well, first off, like you said, we, we watched the Gilmore Girls reunion or whatever, reboot. I want to start with uh, our Gilmore Girls thesis slash weird observation that we made in the past. My? You mean my? Was it yeah, Yes. I thought it was me. No, it was me. <laughs> you asked, you're, like, what we, we were talking about, like, <clears throat> oh, we were talking about how it's really hard for us to watch TV shows that don't, like, jive with our, our ideology, and then we were talking about how Whoa. some TV shows have really weird ideology, and that can be what makes them interesting. Yeah, so we can watch ones that and That's why we were with. also talking about Quantico. Yeah. And then I was, and you were saying, well, what's the ideology of Gilmore Girls? And I was like, it's that everyone is, like, fulfilled by being a quirky business mm. owner. I think I came up with the phrase quirky business owner. I do not think so, but either way. <laughs> we're just going to have to share credit. All right, I guess. Okay. Even though I remember this scene perfectly, yeah. clearly. But anyway. Well, well, that's basically it. But like, somehow, in Gilmore Girls, either you're born rich or you're a quirky business owner. Yeah. And it's better to be a quirky business owner. Well, that's the thing. is like the class... Poly- well, like... Ugh. There's like no class awareness, it seems, in Gilmore Girls, which is really yeah. frustrating. Like, Even though it's like ostensibly about class. Yeah, because you think like, oh, well, she left... Like, Lorelai left her wealthy parents to go make it on her own with her baby as a teen mom. So it seems like there should at least be some awareness, I don't know, of like working class life or struggles or something. But basically every time they need money, they like happily take it from the elder Gilmores. Uh And then I think what's also weird is... um, like, uh, I know, like, privilege is an overused term, but the serious lack of awareness in terms of privilege when it comes to Gilmore Girls is, like, out of control. Like, I don't know if you remember, but, like, there was, like, an entire arc where Rory and Lorelai were pissed at Richard Gilmore for setting up uh, an admissions, like, interview for Rory at Yale because that was oh, his right. alma mater. Right. And he just wanted to like make sure she got into like an Ivy League school. But she wanted to get into Harvard, right? Yeah. Yeah. They like stormed off because like <laughs> how dare he like yeah, that's you know so bizarre. give her like That's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. I know when we were rewatching Gilmore Girls a couple years ago we realized that like the subplot is how terrible Rory becomes. Yeah. And Lorelai maybe always has been. Yeah. And well, it's like scenes like that that drive Yeah, away. because Rory, like, especially after she goes to Yale, and then she, like, drops out of Yale and just lives in her rich grandparents' like, pool house. Yeah. And then, like, at some point, didn't she steal a yacht and stuff? But there are, like, no consequences. I don't know. Because once again, her rich grandparents can get her out of we anything. We did not end up rewatching the whole <laughs> series. But just every step along the way, the privilege comes in, and there's just no reckoning with it. And I think, like... I don't know. I guess that would be fine, except it's actually made for a really shitty show because by the end, by this reunion, we get to a place where, like, Rory is the most insufferable, boring, only 
cares about her self character in the entire show, you know? Yeah, no. I it know was, that's getting away from the Well, it was so irritating to see the scenes where she's like in Lane's house. We never actually hear from Lane. We don't even see Lane's children. Lane We've has two kids who presumably she cares about. We saw them a couple times. But it doesn't matter because it's not about Rory's love life. No. Yeah. Lane really got like the shit end of the stick in this movie. Yeah. 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 That was crazy. She was like just there to hug Rory every once in a while. Yeah. That's a bummer. I wanted to hear more from other characters. Yeah, no. But the business thing, it's so weird that this is like a small town. What are the economics of everybody in this small town running a business? Everyone has a business that like expresses their individual personality. That succeeds without like, like they have a ballet school that somehow is always full and always busy. Yeah, that is not a problem in this town. Like Miss Patty is not concerned about retirement or health care. I know, and presumably there are other people in this town who, like, you know, don't own businesses because there are all these girls who go to the ballet school. Yeah. But not presumably not all of their parents are independent small business owners, right? <laughs> who works at these businesses, too? Like, and, either nobody or, like, a weird, like, um... An immigrant character like Carlos? Is that his name? Oh, Caesar. Caesar? Yeah. At Luke's Diner? At Luke's Diner. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's really bizarre. And I think, like, too, going back to the idea of, like, that, well, you're either, like, um, you know, I guess they're not independently wealthy, but essentially, like, you know, high upper class, like, or you are a small business owner, like, in this town, I don't know, that does make for some weird, like, politics. Like, not just, like, in terms of how does this economy work, but in terms of, like, we never see a picture of anyone. Like, even Lane, who got pregnant, her boyfriend is a musician. Right. She's a musician. We They're still making the... terrible music. This I know. Music, the song they played was so... I know, it was We really were like, bad. what kind of music is this? Who is this for? <laughs> What genre do they think they are? <laughs> I know, that was really terrible. But they never showed them struggling either. Like, no one struggles for money. The only person whose sort of struggle for money has mattered at all was Lorelai's in the early seasons. But again, that was fixed by the Gilmores, the mm-hmm. elder Gilmores. So, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre. And, and another aspect of that, actually, of that just kind of lack of awareness of, like, people don't have access to infinite funds was like on in the uh reboot rory is constantly jet setting like she is flying to london to like for booty calls yeah. for her college boyfriend isn't she like flying to new york instead of driving yeah i think she was yeah, yeah. taking a train. she constantly has flights to catch and like the number of times she went back and forth just between london and i don't know connecticut yeah it was like insane and i understand that she is like rich grandparents and whatever but are you kidding me like (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just that that kind of stuff really like makes it i don't know when i was younger i really liked rory it was like really easy for me to identify with her especially because like she's a teen girl who's into like pop culture and you know books and music and old movies and you know that seemed really cool especially the books and music part i felt like i totally identify with that but now, like, I look at that, this show, and especially who Rory has become, and it's like, 
I don't like Rory as a character, no. and I would definitely not like her in real life. No, you know? no. Especially like, when she's 32 and still living through the same high school romances. Yeah, well... That's sad. And also expecting, like, I mean, like... She, like, shows up at that job interview for the website and then is upset that they don't hire her basically just for, like, being Rory, you know? Right. Or, like, I don't know. I guess she yeah, wrote, like, the, a New Yorker article. That? What was the point of that stuff with the website? I don't know. Is that a There's character? so much career stuff that... No. <laughs> There's just so much career stuff that... I, I don't know what we were supposed to get out of that. Yeah. I don't know. The reboot was hard to watch, actually, just because, like, like I was saying to you before, like, it it felt like Uncanny Valley. Like, it was like, this looks a lot like Gilmore Girls, and I can tell that it's kind of, it does feel like Gilmore Girls. It's supposed to be Gilmore Girls. Yeah, Lorelai would make a joke like that. Yep, they're talking really fast to each other, but it just didn't feel right at all. Like, I just did not, I think... I think for me also a big problem was I was never going to like this because I am really not pro, like, reboots or, like, revisiting the same shit a million times. I was ready for it, actually. I think all the Emily Gilmore scenes were good. Yeah. I know. That was definitely the highest point. Like, Emily Bishop, that actress, is just, like, a great actress, too. And she was fully inhabiting her character to the point where that did feel like old times or whatever in in a good way. Not in, like, a saccharine, like fan service no. kind of and way the way a lot of the other stuff that was supposed to make it feel like Gilmore Girls felt. and her character sort of changed yes that's the other thing is like they this, they were like unwilling to change anything in in this season you know and it's like but 10 years have passed like if you're not gonna like explore something new or different or I don't I don't want just a remake or another season that's really not a reason to reboot the show you know it's like it's like calling for a new trial but having no new evidence you know what i mean Are like saying rory should be like serving in afghanistan or something <laughs> yes no but like wouldn't it i don't know i think it would have been cool if like I don't know, maybe we just spent a day with, like, a few of the main characters yeah. or whatever and just saw, like, just vignettes of their lives. It's called A Year in the Life. Like, let's just yeah. see vignettes of a bunch of people's lives or something. They didn't really have or enough. Or explore the town more. I don't know. It was yeah, just... Rory and Lorelai didn't really have enough going yeah, on. Yeah, sto- Rory's storyline was, my career is floundering, and... Except not, except not really. I know, but was that doing, was the whole... That's, they kept telling yeah. us that over and over again. I she was doing fine for real-life people, but yeah. not for Rory, you know? Yeah. Not for who we expected Rory to be. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Lorelai's whole thing was like, oh, yeah, I should get married to Luke. And there's stuff... I don't know, like... But they like, were, like, already together. So. I know. And also, like, then she was like, I'm gonna go wild. And she did the the... She's going to do the trek from the book or in the movie Wild. Right. And that just felt like something Lorelai Gilmore would never do. I mean, that's the point, I guess. But, you like, know, it was kind of a waste of time. If she was going to do it, they kept emphasizing that she was doing the book version because it was pure or something. And it's like, no, Rory would be the book uh, version. Lorelai would be the movie. That's right. She would be, yeah. You know, like. I did like how she was constantly watching Lifetime movies. Yeah, me too. And snapped. That was the best part. That was the most true. And I think, like, Lauren Graham actually was trying to bring more to the character. It did feel like, look, this is Lorelai, but she is a little different than she was. Yeah. 
I feel like one thing that comes but through... But was just so flat. It did come through in the original series, too, was that these two characters would be so much happier if they focused on the other people in their lives yes. sometimes. Yes, anytime yeah. at all. Yeah. Anytime at all. And it happened they, again. They, yes, they walk through, especially Stars Hollow, like everyone around them is a nuisance that's just there for their entertainment when they deign to look at them, you know? Yeah. Like, like uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's always around who had a pig in this season. Right. Kirk. Kirk, yeah. Like, the way they treat Kirk is like deplorable (laughs) but i guess it's supposed to be endearing because they're the gilmore girls i don't know okay well before we move on from the gilmore i think we said everything uh paris was great oh yeah yeah say it for the microphone paris was great adam says (laughs) yeah well that actress i mean you can tell also that she has been working more than a lot of the other characters you know what i mean she probably was like more ready to bring it on set, whereas some of the other people may have just been a little dusty in the acting department, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or at least we've seen her and stuff. I don't know what the other people are doing. I'm not inside Hollywood or anything. Yeah. Um, okay, is there anything else we want to say about Gilmore Girls? Well, what do you think about the pregnancy? I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah, that's the last thing they, I wanted to ask you about. I was tell- uh, I uh, You talk, because I'm over here getting water. Okay, so I told you there were two Slate articles, both terrible. <laughs> Surprised. <laughs> one about it was the perfect ending and one about it was the worst ending. I think it was just like, a, it was a fine ending. It yeah. Made, it made sense. It tied things together. Yeah, I It mean, wasn't surprising. So but. the ending basically... But why, why is this show so against abortion? Wait, we have to tell people what the ending was in case. Presumably uh, if you're listening, you either saw this or you don't care. And so we're going to tell you the ending. And I just gave it away if you missed it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, Amy Sherman Palladino said that she knew, like, all along that the last four, what the last four words of Gilmore Girls were, but she wasn't involved in the making of the last season. Oh, yeah, that's hot. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, You might want to run some cold water on your hand. Okay. So... Uh, Since she wasn't involved with the making of the last season, the show didn't end the way she wanted it to. And so every, I guess like, I didn't even know this until you told me that about the articles, but I guess people have been anticipating what are the last four words. And the last four words were like, mom, yeah, I'm pregnant, right? And so Rory's pregnant and she was like, the buildup to it was like, uh, Lorelai and Luke got married late night in the town square. It was a magical, yeah. mystical. Once again, it was like everybody in the town pulling together and doing stuff for, for the Gilmore Lorelai, girls. For the Gilmore girls, yeah. yeah, that they barely appreciate. I know, and, yeah, especially because they like ditched everyone in town to get married all by yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> also looked like that clo- that cre- that scene like where Lorelai was dancing with Luke and then dancing with. Rory? It looked like the opening to Big Love. It yeah. looked like Luke was gonna marry... They were all marrying each other and Luke was marrying both of them. Like, it was so bizarre. Also, it's, it's just too bizarre to have uh, Laura, or Rory is meant to be with Luke's son. Yeah, I that's know. That's too bizarre. I know. Yeah. So, well, that's... I was gonna say, like, I, I, as an ending, just, like, that she's pregnant, I don't know. I guess it's fine. I don't really care if Rory's pregnant. I don't really, I, like I said, I don't really care about Rory as a character at all at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I really found her 
incredibly difficult to sympathize with at all. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she'll be more interesting if she's a mom, but I doubt it. Um, but uh, I guess the one thing I did find interesting a little bit was like, well, um, the whole time in all the previous seasons, I've always kind of wondered why she's never reckoned with the fact that her dad wasn't involved at all in her upbringing. Yeah. And then we had a reckoning um, in the one of those episodes. The last one. Okay. Um, where she actually went and asked him and talked to him and was like, why weren't you involved and stuff? And he's like, because I just knew when I saw you and your mom, like, I don't know, that she didn't want me there. He doesn't have an answer. Yeah, he doesn't really have a good answer. But he's like, basically like, I was happy not to be involved. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I knew your mom was happy or whatever. And so I thought that, I was like, oh, I guess this is a good thing that they're finally addressing this issue. And then when she was pregnant, that was one scene that was maybe even more meaningful than it felt as, like, a resolution prior. So that was cool. Uh, There's also a scene with Jess where he was, like, like peeking in through her window longingly at the end. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah. And so that, I guess that also made me wonder, like, is he the dad? I presume it's Logan, because she's been, like, fucking Logan. It could be that guy in a Chewbacca costume. Who? She said she slept with a guy in a Chewbacca costume. (laughs) (laughs) I must have missed that. I I wonder if they forgot that that was in there, because it implies that maybe he's the dad. And I doubt that's what they're going for. (laughs) Well, it would would leave it open for them to, like, just pick a completely different person. That would be cool, yeah. Yeah. In case, like, the actor that plays Logan dies in the next four yeah, years before yeah. they come up with the next season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the closing was fine. But I did I did say to you, too, like, you know, Rory should probably just get an abortion. She seems, like, incredibly unhappy in her life, career, love life. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a job or um, a place to live. On the like, other hand, she is, like, 32, and she's doing well in her career, even if she doesn't think so. Well. And she has all the monetary support she could that's need. That's true. She has a job now. That's she true. She can keep the baby. And I guess they started the season off by telling us that Richard Gilmore had died. Yeah. Right? And we saw his funeral. Oh, are they, so bringing a, a new boy? Gilmore. Is she going to have a boy in Oh, maybe. I was just thinking bringing a new Gilmore into the world at yeah. the end makes sense. Because it was all, oh, that's true, all yeah. the episodes were like seasons, like fall, winter, you know. So death yeah. and rebirth are obviously major um, yeah. themes. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I think this is better than if she had gotten pregnant in the last season when she was like graduating college. Oh, me too. Me too. I prefer it this way. Me too. For sure. Yeah. It would have been way worse if... Also, yeah. It was season seven and she... Didn't her mom get pregnant when she was like 16? Yeah. And now she's 32? I don't know. There's nice numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think Lorelai was probably about 32 when the show started. So it's It's fitting. Yeah, yeah, it is fitting. Yeah. I thought the reboot was okay. Like, you're right. It felt so artificial. All the Stars Hollow scenes are basically terrible. Yeah, and there's a crazy bad musical that was like, what haha, was this the is music? a bad musical. But then they made us sit through like the entire yeah. bad musical. I was, and I was on like, my phone the whole this time. is terrible. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, okay, like a sample of a bad musical song. I don't need every number in the bad musical. <laughs> like, Yeah, that was weird. It just seemed like they were wasting time. I don't know. Anyway. I think that's all the thoughts we have about Gilmore Girls. Okay, so should we move on? I think another show that we watched that we were both really excited about, actually, 
uh, was Search Party. Yeah. So, well, we didn't know it was coming out. We just happened to find it. Oh, I mean, we were excited about it. Like, uh, we really liked it. And yeah. we liked the ending, actually. Yeah. So we'll probably spoil the ending like we do with every show because I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk about things without talking about the whole thing. We do a brief recap first. It's uh Okay, you do the recap. What's what's her name? Elias Elias Shaka. Yeah. From Arrested Development. Yeah. Is um I don't know, as a millennial or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I hate how much everybody's talking about how the show's about Millennials. Millennials and yeah. uh, terrible Brooklyn hipsters and stuff. It seemed, so in the first episode, it really seems like that. Like, it's mostly just her going to parties and... Brunch. Brunch and, I don't know. And whenever she else. tries to tell her friends something, like that their friend from college, that she saw a missing poster for a girl they knew from college. Actually, just knew. It was an acquaintance. Um, like, her friends won't even pay attention. Like, her boyfriend is preoccupied with getting ketchup. It really gives us the sense that she's isolated and her friends suck, which yeah. I thought was going to suck. Me too, yeah. It felt it felt way too heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, but it was, like, pretty funny and shot well, and it was short, so we checked out the second episode. And by the third episode, we were really hooked, and it started getting really good. So yeah. she, like, she, like, gets determined to find this missing acquaintance and, get, you know, it's cool. It's like... It, it's like a... It's a noir. Like a, yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. It's a noir. It's like somebody... Yeah, like, she literally has, like, a little trench coat that she yeah. wears, and... She's, like, a detective. And a lot of people in her life are like, why do you even care? Like, you did not know this girl. Yeah. You know? I mean, not really. And she gives kind of an okay answer where she yeah. says, like, well, it scares me that we overlooked her and now she's missing. And, like, if I if I go missing, like, will people yeah, yeah. notice? Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably get into spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we have to. Yeah. So she's... she meets the guy from... Office space. A, <laughs> yeah. Who's a private investigator who says he's working for the parents but isn't. And, uh... We figured it out pretty quickly that he wasn't. Although yeah. you don't... The the show doesn't tell you until the end. But it feels like he's not from the yeah. very beginning. It feels like you should be paranoid about him. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good paranoia in this yeah. show. Yeah. We love paranoid shows. Yeah. This is a good one. And she meets, like, along the way, like, in trying to investigate. You know, she follows, like, different threads and whatever she's you know a detective obviously and she um like she meets this woman played by rosie perez lorraine who is like super paranoid and says she knows something and then she's like they're after us and they go like running around the city trying to avoid they and she pretty clearly just has mental something yeah but but for a while like um dory that's the name of the main character goes along with it and you know we start to get a glimpse into the fact that like dory has also become paranoid and that this is like a path that it seems like she could easily go down like you know becoming entirely too detached from reality basically you know through yeah paranoia and whatever and so but they but they did a really good job leading you down the same path yeah because Especially because they're not revealing everything. Yeah. So Dory doesn't catch on to be suspicious of the guy from Office Space. Yeah, but they do give you, like, little clues in a way that are interesting if you're someone like me who pays a lot of attention to, like, little details. Like, Lorraine says, like, oh, those are, like, really cute shoes. I'm sorry to make you, like, traipse all over town and them, like, basically saying... She said saying, cheap shoes. 
no cute shoes that are uncomfortable uh, but dory is wearing like white keds like that are walking shoes that are not particularly cute but that there's no reason why I would apologize to someone for making them trips all over town in them, you know. Or then, like, later the detective, like, they go to um, this girl, Chantal, that, that Dory's looking for. They, like, go to her old apartment, and he, like, they find a necklace that belonged to her. And he just, like, opens the packaging outside and drops everything and just gives the necklace to Dory. And she's like, right. well, wouldn't that be evidence? And he's like, oh, it's fine. And then later she picks up the box and stuff, which leads her to a clue, which then makes you feel, I think, as a viewer, like, wait a second, if this guy is, you know, an investigator, presumably he's not too dumb or careless to just drop clues like that on the street for no reason, right. you know? Um, so there is stuff like that that I think, especially if, you, maybe if you're also prone to paranoia, I don't know, it heightened my <laughs> paranoia, like things like that where the characters would say something and it didn't jive with what the, they were doing or whatever. And that wasn't just careless writing like I thought it might be at first. Right. It was actually, like, yeah, very much on purpose. Yeah. So at the end, it turns out, like, there is no conspiracy. Chantal just ran away because she was having, like, a quarter-life crisis. Yeah, basically. And she's like, I just had to ghost everyone. And, like, yeah. you know, it turns out, like, we're, like, meant to believe that these characters are like terrible young Brooklynites and then it turns out like Chantal is like the worst of all of yeah. them you know and like the most selfish and like her family is like holding vigils and like crying and she just like doesn't give a shit because she got too stressed out by her own life of privilege basically yeah and um but what ultimately happens is that Dory is so paranoid and and her fear and paranoia have gotten so heightened that uh she actually ends up well she and her boyfriend end up killing the uh, private investigator. Office space guy. Yeah, out of self-defense partly, but also, you know, when everything happens, when that murder happens, and then you find out that there was yeah. no I mean, conspiracy. It really felt like self-defense because you were thinking, yeah, he's, he's the villain. Yeah, he's, the yeah, he's looking for Chantal. Yeah. He's coming to kill her. How else did he just happen to know where, like, show up where she was? Yeah. Yeah, and corner Dory. And, yeah. Yeah, and then when you realize that, like, none of this is true, Chantal is just selfish. Not even pregnant. Not even that pregnant, cool. yeah, which was a plot point for a while. Um, you just realize, like, y you just went, you just saw someone, like, lose their mind, yeah. you know? Like, very slowly. It reminded me of the experience of reading The Bell Jar, you know, yeah, the first yeah, time. Totally. like Where it's like, you don't notice, but she's going fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like on the journey with the character yeah and it happens yeah. so slowly and imperceptibly that everything makes sense to you too you yeah. know you don't notice that things are getting crazier or more paranoid yeah. or or like know. in the bell jar like the timeline is getting broken up yeah and you don't, you don't things know yeah things, things aren't start up. yeah making less and less sense like yeah. yeah totally so um i don't know i really really felt really Maybe the most satisfied I felt by an ending to a, a TV show and I mean, I don't know, yeah. ever, I feel they, like. Probably ever. Most shows don't have good endings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm it seems sure like when they wrote it. this, they knew from the beginning what oh, yeah. they were writing toward, you know? Plus, like, the ending was handled so well. Yeah. We listened to the Vulture podcast that was full of garbage about this episode, <laughs> of the, about this show, even though they had the... The there was are... a lot of actor fluff, you know, a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. like, how did it feel to play a character? But like also this? just a lot of weird takes. 
that that they had on there. Oh like, yeah, yeah, like political takes. Like the opening, one of the opening-ish scenes where um, her boyfriend is masturbating, they're in oh, bed together, yeah. and he rolls over, he, she says, are you ready? And he's like, yeah, and then he rolls over and comes inside of her, <laughs> which we thought was like funny, but a bit, you know, kind of strong, like kind of strong on the satire. I thought it was supposed to tell us that she was like disconnected from everyone in yeah, her life, like, like her alienated. friends, yeah, that her friends suck, her boyfriend but the, sucks. But no, the critical consensus, according to Vulture... And the actors is that that's like a touching moment, and this is just what happens in long term relationships. Yeah, which like, no, no, don't be in that relationship. <laughs> yeah, there. I know. Please leave that relationship. There are people like yeah. us who have been in very long term relationships yeah. and, and would not I, find that acceptable. And it seemed like Alia Shaked and the boy who plays her boyfriend were like torn on whether those two should actually be together or not. Those yeah. characters. The answer is just no. Yeah, I know. If yeah. you're not, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they started connecting in every way including sexually after the events of the show which is hard yeah, to imagine it's but it's hard to imagine that happening. Been, yeah anyway what was i saying um about the vulture podcast and the weird takes they had yeah i forget why i brought up vulture but um the ending was i love the oh because the on vulture they talked about how the show balances tones really well oh yeah it yeah. really does yeah. it's not like a dramedy you know? No, no. Yeah. It's not like a drama where they tell jokes. It, it is funny. And well, it's also suspenseful. Well, especially that last episode. I mean, it really felt like, like, when she... So they've just killed a man. Yeah. And they have to... Just just Dory and her boyfriend are in the house. And then her one of her best friends, Elliot, is, like, outside. And he's, like, chatting with yeah. his publicist. So he, he comes inside yeah. all excited about his book deal or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys. And it's like... He says, I love my book. Yeah, yeah. My team or something. Yeah, like yeah. My and PR it's team. just so... The tone... There, well, talk about a tone shift. We just saw yeah. someone, you know... But it's still genuinely funny. Yeah, but it goes from, like, thriller, like... To murder, slasher, kind of gore, like, blood everywhere, to then, like, funny. Yeah. And then they have to, like, drag the guy's body into a closet because the other friend brings Chantal. Because yeah. she ran in. She found Chantal. That's yeah, why they were yeah. there. And then Chantal is telling them all this stuff where she's like, I'm not pregnant. There's no conspiracy. I just felt like disappearing. And mm-hmm. you're just watching, like, Dory and Drew, her boyfriend. Yeah. Like, you're dawn on them that, like... They just fucking killed someone for yeah. no reason. And it's like, it goes from like funny to like deeply sickening while at the same time. Yeah, Chantal is funnier. funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect, perfect scene. It's but it's done so perfectly. sickening too. Because yeah. it's like a long scene. Yeah. And it's kind of just. And it focuses on her face. It's kind a lot. of just a steady single shot on Chantal's face most of the time. And she's just telling them about her journey, like her personal journey, yeah. which is really just, you know, bullshit. Not at all what we were expecting as viewers or definitely what the characters were expecting. Yeah, yeah. Especially after having killed somebody. Yeah, when she's talking about her personal journey, she just means, like, her emotional... Yeah, and they're just sitting in Chantal's aunt's house with a body, like, in the closet listening to this. Yeah. uh, Slowly dawning the idea that they just killed, like, an innocent person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, it's really great. I really like that. I... Just can't believe they they did such a good job like bringing us there, yeah. you know. The only thing I can think of that balances tones that well is like Mike movies, like he did audition and stuff. Oh, but 
and the it's humor too for me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't find humor in that. No, and it's it's. Different. I know other people. It's balanced do. well because it's both unsettling and funny, but like it's a different effect. Yeah. And they don't like in in search party, like you can just hold both feelings at the same time. Yeah. They don't necessarily like the that scene really is funny because of what Chantal's saying, but the humor doesn't make it worse. It just like. It's just also funny yeah, and it, horrifying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I it's mean, just, it has space to be both. I've heard people say before, like, oh, horror movies are like the flip side of comedy and stuff. And like, they yeah. can be really funny. And yeah. I I just, I can't get like that in, from horror. Well, like but in a, this is the first time where I feel like I had a genuine experience where I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is funny and deeply sickening yeah, at yeah. the same time. Like in a Mike movie, Gozu starts with the one character who's going insane and he's like a mob boss. He's like higher up. He's not a boss. He's he's eyeing a person that's outside of the restaurant where they're having a meeting. It's an old lady with a dog, a poodle. Uh-huh. And he says, like, that poodle's watching us. That poodle keeps watching us. <laughs> and he goes out and he shoves the lady aside, picks the poodle up by the leash, swings it around, and just slams it against the glass. And, <laughs> okay. like, blood runs down. You don't see, like, a, a dog dying or anything. Well, thank God. But it's, like, funny. Or there's a scene where... And Ichi the killer, the killer has like these foot blades because he's like a superhero in his own mind. Okay. And uh, he cuts he cuts off like some lady's leg below the knee. Oh. And then she's like hopping around on one leg because it's it's funny like it's slapstick. Is it? But like laughing at it doesn't make you feel better. It makes you feel worse. Okay. So like, that's the only time I've seen stuff that could be both funny. And horrifying, but it's to a completely different effect. Yeah, I like the laughing at it makes it like more that. horrifying, makes it more gruesome. It's like not really both. It makes it really unsettling and anxiety-ridden. But in Search Party, it just ha- it's like both. Laughing at it doesn't really heighten the anxiety. It just happens to be funny and really suspenseful. Yeah. Which I don't know. That's really interesting. I can't think of any. That's the closest comparison I can think of, and it's not really a close comparison. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, like, we just think this is a great show. Yeah. And would definitely recommend it over Gilmore it's so Girls cool. or a lot of other yeah. TV shows. It's so cool to watch a prestige show that is actually fun and has some Is it considered a prestige show? Probably not, because it's actually fun. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having some joyfulness instead of having it just be constantly punishing is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, probably the best show of the year. But we haven't watched Please Like Me yet this season. Yeah. I can't think of a different show that I'd rank higher this year. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, do you want to talk about Quantico or do you want to save that for later? I don't know what else we've watched lately. We should take a break so we can finish cooking. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, we'll take a break and we'll be back later. Okay, and that's it for this episode. We will talk about Quantico sometime in the future. It's um, it's a dumb, kind of trashy show, which makes it a little bit hard to talk about. But it's and, uh, also its ideology is really yeah, bizarre it's hard and to interesting. Yeah. yeah, so we'll definitely we'll get into that it. in the future. Hopefully, it will be a uh, hotly anticipated episode now that we've hyped it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. But we'll have to work some thoughts out first. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, but anyway, we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and listening to us make some ceviche. Okay. And uh, 
yeah okay bye bye